Welcome to No More Desire. My name's Jake Castleman. I've had personal experience with what it takes to get clean and stay clean of porn. And now I'm helping others just like you break free and step into their new life. Through one-on-one coaching, daily check-ins, and life-changing material, I help others break free of porn and never look back. To discover how you can overcome porn addiction, go to nomoredesire.com. Welcome to No More Desire. My name is Jake Castleman. How do you come out of an argument with your spouse and not relapse? For so many of the men that I've spoken to, they can get really triggered to go to their addiction after an argument or a fight with their spouse. It's super common. And something that I wanted to talk about today because I feel like it hits home for a lot of people, Uh, maybe even especially during the holidays, which can be stressful for some and remind them of painful things from the past, unfortunately. Today, I want to talk about why fights and arguments can be so triggering for us, can lead to slips and relapses, and how we can better handle that shame, that anger, those intense emotions that might come during and after a fight so that we can not only come out on the other side clean and sober, but heal and improve our relationship with our wife or our significant other at the same time. So let's pretend that you've just had a heated argument with your spouse. You both acted bullheaded. You both said things that you probably didn't mean. You're both worked up, and maybe even now, after the argument, you're charged for more conflict if they say one more freaking thing that rubs you the wrong way. I'm speaking from personal experience here. I get this. Then the addiction cravings come, right? This used to happen to me years ago. It used to happen to me all the time after a fight or an argument or when I got, uh, when I became angry. And this could be this could be addiction cravings for porn or alcohol or food, video games, TV, whatever it is, right? It's all the same thing. It's your mind wanting to soothe or escape your difficult feelings through self-destructive methods. And the instant that these addiction cravings come after the anger in these things, that's right there. That's where you need to engage. You need to stop where you are, halt the trajectory that is leading you to a relapse. Don't wait. Okay. Don't let craving turn into planning or deciding to give into your addiction. We've got to step back, right? We've got to step back and process through our feelings with God when we, when we get to this space. And I'm going to give you an acronym with three simple steps to do this. But first, I really want to get deep into why, why fights and arguments lead to relapses for some of us, right? I've got friends in 12-step. I've got people uh, that I've worked with, that I've sponsored. I have people I've mentored uh, that this is a struggle for them. And I get it. And I get this. Anger has been Um, One of my character weaknesses, one of my faults throughout my life, 
um, something that through the power of Jesus Christ I'm seeking to let go, to put down. Because the thing is, you know, there are some people who get angry sometimes or fight or argue, but they don't get addicted to porn or drugs or whatever it might be. So why don't they go to their addiction? I think this is the question I often often ask myself. Why do why do some people not go to addiction and others do? Right? Because we, we often say, you know, like we'll talk about addiction and the, the chemical side of it, right? But if you go a little bit deeper, right, you get into the stress side of it, right? Like, okay, we we go to our addictions in order to cope with stress. But I think we got to go deeper than that because it's not about stress because there are people who have, you know, fairly uh, a, a fair amount of stress in their lives but they don't have self-destructive addictions. And I think we all have addictions to differing degrees and levels. Uh there are some exceptions of uh, some really incredible people who've learned to rely on God, learned to be pres- very very present in life and to feel peace in life and they have good uh connected relationships, right? They have a full, fulfilling life, and so they don't, uh, they don't struggle with addictions. But what's the difference, right? Some of these people still may feel anger from time to time or get in an argument from time to time. Um, we're all aiming to eventually do away with those things, right? But for now, we're human beings and we're flawed. Um, and we all sin, right? And sin is in, in simple terms, I think, when you take all of the loaded terminology out of it, you take all of the baggage out of it, it is simply just an opportunity to learn from our mistakes. It's when we miss the mark. That's what sin means. It means to miss the mark. So it's an opportunity to learn. And when we recognize this isn't what I want to repeat in my life, I want to do something uh, different than this. I want to make a better decision. So what's the difference? What's the difference, okay? What I just shared is is a good portion of that, actually. It's recognizing that when we sin, we make mistakes, we make choices we'd rather not. We're not getting caught up in this feeling of, wow, I never should have done that. How could I do that? I can't believe I did that. I'm a terrible person because of that. And that right there is one of the major differences between those of us who go toward addiction and those of us who do not when we get into a fight or an argument. It is this shame, right? Shame. You've heard me talk about it on other episodes. You've heard a lot of other people talk about it, Brene Brown being one of the foremost minds on shame um, and vulnerability. Shame is all about I'm not enough. Instead of, I make mistakes and I'm flawed and that's all right and I accept those flaws and I'm trying to learn from them and become a better person, it's, I make mistakes and that makes me a mistake. And it doesn't mean you literally have to think those thoughts. I think I got confused for a long time, like the difference between shame and guilt. Shame is, or sorry, guilt is, I made a mistake. Shame is, I am a mistake. But I think that's far too simple a way to express it because we don't often think in our heads, like I don't often think I'm a mistake. No, it's it's more the feeling behind it. When you make a mistake, do you feel this 
dark cloud over the over you? Do you feel this heavy weight come down upon you where it's like, I never should have done that and there's no hope in it. It's a hopeless kind of thing, right? So when you have an argument or a, a, a fight with your spouse, shame says, I'm a horrible person because I argued with my spouse. And that shame can easily turn into blame, right? They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have said that. I, you know, it's all their fault that this happened. Those are all, that's, that's the voice of shame because it's blame and blame is just a mask for shame. Blame is just a mask for shame. Okay, so it's that shame, right, that, that those kind of self-destructive emotions that can lead to addiction cravings and relapse. And the other thing that leads to it is this uh, kind of sense of vengeance. I'm going to get back at my spouse by giving into my addiction. How dare they treat me that way? You know what I'm going to go do now? I'm going to go destroy myself because that'll show them. Or it's this feeling of, I'm going to go to destroy myself because that's what I deserve. Right? Either I'm going to go do this because I'm getting back at them. You know, it's, they, they pushed me here. They made me do this. It's that victimhood mentality. Right? They made me do this. How dare they? Or I'm no good. I... I obviously am a bad person, so I'm going to go do something that reflects that feeling. Those are the types of feelings that are the reason we go to addiction instead of to better coping mechanisms that are productive, not destructive, when we make a mistake. In general, right now we're talking about arguments, right? So let me tell you a few thoughts that can help you come out of this. I am going to share the three-step acronym with you soon, but I want to share a few thoughts that I was thinking about when I was writing this episode uh, that I think are going to be really helpful for you because they've been helpful for me. So some thoughts that can help these help break these habits of shame and the these habits meaning Again, it is a habit, right? After a fight, I feel this way, right? I believe I'm a bad person. I believe I can't change. I blame, you know, those are all habits. They can change. They can shift. It doesn't reflect on who I am, right? It's just a habit. I can shift. So we say, look, I'm not the first person to ever fight. Good people can argue sometimes. It doesn't define who I am. It's just something I did that I can learn from. That's sin, a learning opportunity. So think about that. When your mind tries to go into the shame-oriented space, which shame is fundamentally a self-centered emotion, it is a selfish emotion, we often think when we're in shame that we're being, we're like a martyr, right? That it's almost like we think we're being selfless because we're like, woe is me, look at me, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so tortured and I'm so sad. It's this self-pity and we think that that somehow makes us a better person because we're feeling so bad about ourselves. It's not true at all. It's not true in the least. It's a very selfish, self-centered kind of emotion. 
And again, that does not reflect on who you are. It's just a, it's just a coping mechanism that we've developed, one that I've developed in my life. I know that. I need to work on every single day shifting that perspective. Don't let your thoughts define you. Don't let your feelings define you. They're thoughts and feelings, nothing more. They are not part of your identity. So it's realizing that, okay? Don't, don't justify it either, right? Say, saying I'm not the first person to ever fight, good people argue sometimes. That's not to be a justification. It's just acceptance. It's a surrender. It's saying, hey, you know what? This can happen. I knew that at some point in my life I might argue, and that's today. That's okay. That's all right. I'm going to learn from this. Okay, I'm going to learn from this. That's all it is. It's an opportunity to learn. So with all of those thoughts, when this happens, man, our minds can be so good at leading us right into destruction. It's amazing with how incredible the human brain is, how productive and beautiful and powerful it can be, and how incredibly destructive it can be. It's, there's a lot of power in our brain. We can point it down a path of productivity joy, peace, service, love, or down a path of destruction and violence and and harm and shame. When this happens, when you start, when you've, you've argued, you've gone through this, instead of letting your mind try to distract you with all these other things like, oh, I got to go get this thing done, or I'm going to give into this addiction, or I'm going to go try to soothe myself through such and such, you know, videos, video games, um, videos, that's uh, like movies, TV, I guess videos on YouTube. I just felt like that was an antiquated phrase almost in some ways, but it's not. Anyway, movies, TV shows, video games, food, you name it, right? Your, your brain's going to try to distract you. It's going to try to escape these feelings. Instead of that, put everything else aside for a while. You have time for this because um, you got to sort these things out. You got to sort out your emotions. You got to sort out your thoughts and you got to navigate your way towards peace. And you got to do this with God. Have this conversation with him, right? Talk to him. Hey, I, I, I fought with my spouse. I'm feeling a lot of shame right now. Lord, can you please teach me how to see this differently? Can you, can you please help me to forgive myself, forgive my spouse, get out of the blame mentality, get out of the anger, uh, put it down, Right? And then kind of this vengeance mentality, right? How do we deal with that thought-wise, right? It's one of the things that we need to think about is if we're thinking that giving into our addiction is vengeance, it's, and, and that, and when we think that, that's ego, right? That's ego. That's our, kind of our primitive brain, our limbic system. Uh, just, well, I shouldn't say limbic system, but just these really base thoughts, these really foolish um, kind of the, the basest of human thoughts, which isn't who you are. It isn't who you are. I can't stress that enough. That's not who you are. Those are just thoughts, okay? And thoughts do not need to control us. We can observe them. When we have those thoughts of vengeance, step back, observe it, and realize it's not my spouse that I'll be hurting if I give into addiction. It's myself that I'll be hurting. And yes, you are definitely hurting your spouse as well. I am not um, taking any value away from that. 
and how much this hurts spouses. But you are har harming yourself at the same time. Okay, so 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 put down the um, justifications, the excuses uh, to give into addiction and all of these uh, nonsensical thoughts, and realize this is no uh, sort of vengeance at all. This will just harm and hurt me. This is just an excuse that this addict part of my brain is trying to use to bring me down and destroy me. And that's Satan and his demons, you know. And then the other thing you gotta we gotta realize, you know, because this vengeance mentality is in a, in some ways it's about controlling and manipulating people. It's about controlling and manipulating your spouse. An act of vengeance is 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 meant to uh, control them to an extent. And realize that just just step back and look at that, and say, do I really want to try to control, manipulate? and take vengeance upon my spouse. Is that really the type of person I want to be? Don't do it. Don't do it. And if you do that, forgive yourself. Put it down. Let it go. Learn from it. So we're going to dive into this three-step acronym now to come out of an argument clean and sober. And that three-step acronym is S-I-R, SIR. Before we step into that, I just want to tell you about my free ebook real quick. If you have not downloaded it yet, go to nomoredesire.com or go to the description below this episode, scroll down to free ebook. Click on there, put your email in, I'll send it straight to you. It's 80 pages of recovery material that I have really concepts I've been working on for over the past decade of my life. Um, and it's all there for you. Um, really a preview in some ways into my addiction recovery program and what it's all about. Um, if you ever want to join my coaching program that goes far, far, far deeper than those concepts, the, the ebook will give you a preview into what it's all about. So check out that free ebook, nomoredesire.com. Scroll down a little bit, click get my free copy, stick your email in there. All right, so let's talk about the three-step acronym S-I-R, SIR. This three-step acronym to come out of an argument clean and sober is to, is S is stop, I is investigate, and R is reconcile. S-I-R, stop, investigate, reconcile. So let's talk about stop first and what that means. Stop means to stop the conversation. Stop the argument, stop the conflict. You just literally say, hey, look, we're both in a rough spot right now. This is you talking to your spouse. Obviously, it's, this is heated. We got to put this down. We got to take some time. Okay, so we, we can either take some time together if we're both not uh, too heated, right, to be able to work this out together and speak rationally, or we got to separate, right? We got to... Um, separate as far as physically right now so that we can both go spend some time on our own uh, sorting this out, hopefully in prayer with God, speaking to God about it and what he wants us to realize and, uh, and, and, and understand about this situation and our feelings about the situation. So stop, right? Stop the conversation. Stop either then take a step back together mentally 
or take a step back physically from each other. And in your mental process of this, stop is really this concept of put it down, let it go. It's one of my favorite quotes from a spiritual teacher, teacher Eckhart Tolle, um, when he's talking about our anger, our ego, um, our feelings of shame, victimhood mentality, all these things. He says, you know, people ask, how do I stop doing this? How do I stop these negative habits that are hurting those around me and hurting myself? And he says, put it down. Let it go. Put it down, let it go. And that sounds, it's like, well, yeah, it sounds easy in concept, but in reality, it's very, very difficult. I think something that is hard for me to grasp is truly that it is that easy. And I'm not saying that definitively. I'm just saying in truth, the truths of the universe and what God knows, what Christ understands it is that easy. Just put it down, let it go. Let go of what you think, how you think you're right, you know, let go of your view, um, let go of your anger. You know, for me, it's like, let go of what I think is so right, or how things have to be, or that I can't be flexible on this or that, or that this other, that my spouse needs to choose what I would choose. Or you're not doing it the most efficient way, or you're not doing it the best way. So you need to change. You need to do it this better way. And it's to say, you know what? They don't need to choose it, choose to do it the better or, or smarter or more um, efficient way. And obviously, you know, I'm not saying that's always the case. I'm not saying I always have the better answer. Obviously, sometimes I believe I do, uh, but that uh, that's human and also my ego plays in there. But if I can just put that down and say, it doesn't need to be done the most efficient way or it doesn't need to be done in the way that I see is best fit. Why? Why does it need to be done that way? It doesn't. And that's to, that's 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 putting it down. That's letting it go. Um, once we can put it down and let it go, we're able to really take a step back and look at the whole situation, not from this egocentric kind of point of view, but from another point of view. So it requires us to put down our ego, put down our shame, put down our victimhood mentality, put down the villainization right? Victimhood mentality is like, this argument is all your fault. If it wasn't for you saying such and such or reacting to what I did in such a sensitive way, we wouldn't be here right now. All thoughts I've thought way more times than I can count. That's victimhood mentality. Or I haven't done anything wrong. This has all been you. That's victimhood mentality. Put it down, let it go villainization, right? How dare you? You did this to me. I can't believe you would say these things. You're a terrible person. That's villainization, making the other person into a villain. Not helpful. Not helpful. 
And that's all ego. It's interesting when we think about it because ego is, is like this self-made identity. It's all the things that we believe about ourselves. You know, we um, identify with our thoughts, our ideas, our feelings. We identify with those strengths that we have or weaknesses that we have as far, and as much as we perceive them. We identify with how other people see us, right? That's all ego, and ego doesn't have to mean that we think that we're, you know, superior and big and, you know, better than everyone. It can also mean, woe is me. I'm so sad. I can't believe I've been so abused and mistreated by other people. I deserve better. That's all ego. And once we realize that it's the things that we base our self-worth upon, that we need to, we need to stop we need to put them down. We need to let them go. We need to look at them. Okay, then we can then we can start to approach a conversation from a deeper kind of place. Sorry, I keep making uh, these funny kind of noises with the way I'm talking because I my lips are chapped right now, and I just have this like it's like a like a chronic impulsive thing to just like peel my lips. Does that ever happen to you? It's it's the worst. It's just like Every day, I, I try to put on um, some chapstick, like natural chapstick at the at, at night because normal chapstick doesn't do jack squat for me. It doesn't work at all. It just makes things, I swear it just makes things worse. So I kind of put on like some natural chapstick at night, right? It has like, uh, like eucalyptus in it and I have another one that has lavender in it. And I'm kind of hippie like that. And that stuff helps me if I put it on each night. But man, like right now, just with the winter starting and stuff, I just can't keep my lips... Um, from getting so dry and, and chapped. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. I, um, that this is what we got to do, right? So we need to stop, take time with just us and God or take time together to observe, take a step back, look at the conversation. Let's look at where we're at. We see where this is going. Let's take a step back. Let's observe this together. And I'm going to put down my ego, shame, victimhood mentality, villainization, this hopelessness crap. I'm going to put all this stuff down. Okay. And once we've stopped and taken a step back, now we're going to investigate. That's I, right? Remember, S-I-R, sir. Stop, investigate, reconcile. So investigate is all about investigating my feelings and investigating my spouse's feelings. Whether that's literally, like externally, I'm investigating with them and we're talking about it, which I think is the best way to go about it, um, if we can really develop that connection. Or it's mentally, if I'm off by myself, which that it often needs to start there, right? We can investigate our own feelings and the feelings of our spouse mentally as we're alone by ourselves, just contemplating about it. We're talking to God about it. We're saying, hey... God, I want to understand my spouse, and I want to understand my issues, my feelings, what has led me here. And we really need to get down deep, investigate, right? doesn't mean just like think about it and be like, yeah, like I was angry and like my spouse was angry and so like we're angry and obviously that's why we fought. That's not investigating. That's not deep. That's not getting down to the root issues. Okay, getting down to the root issues would be like... um you know, we're arguing about um, how, uh, I mean, we could argue about a lot of stupid things, I guess, but 
I'm just going to bring up an embarrassing one from my life. Um, how about, cause that's, uh, that's what we do on this show. I'm going to talk about, uh, the fact that my wife leaves her, uh, towels on the floor sometimes from being in the shower. Um, and I am like adamant about never leaving my towel on the floor because in my mind, um, it gets, uh, wet and moldy and then we have to like throw it in the wash and that's more effort. I got to grab a new towel. Um, it clutters up the floor. It just all seems for me as someone who has this like very intense orderly personality, um, and way of thinking about life, which can be really good and a strength in some ways or a great weakness in others because it can cause me to be inflexible. Um, it feels like a really big deal to me. It feels like a disrespect to me. It's like, like, why would you do that? Like, how could you betray me like this? <laughs> which is, it's just silly. Like that's just, that's, that's too much. Right. But my brain can get that intense, right? I've just got, a, I've got a mind that's like this. I've been like this ever since I was a kid. And so I really need to take a step back and investigate my feelings, look at it and say, okay, what is it that I am upset about? What is it that I'm feeling upset about? I should say, right? Cause we often say, I am upset about this. I am angry. I am sad. We identify with our emotions like that. You see that? But that's not actually accurate. It's just, I'm feeling this. That's all it is. I'm just feeling something. It's not who I am. It's not what I am. I'm just feeling it. So I can say, I'm feeling upset that my wife left her towel for the 84,000th time on the ground, even though I've asked her in the past to hang it back up once she's done um, so that it doesn't uh, get you know kind of moldy or we need to throw it in the wash. It's annoying to me. That is what I am feeling upset about. And I'm even feeling a little bit like I think my heart is racing faster right now. It's going a little faster. Um, so I'm really going here. So think about that. Okay, so that that's what I'm feeling upset about. It's not because our egos, our brains um, like to play this game of it being about all these other things. You know, oh, my my wife is disrespectful and she's thoughtless and she's you know, she's doing something that's inefficient and, and, you know, she's taking up all this time with these towels that she always leaves on the ground and we have to do more laundry and, you know, how dare she and man, like making all these things about her character and who she is. And it's just, it's, it's like, it's not about all that, right? Maybe you have, you have silly things, right? That you get angry about too. And we could talk about bigger things, obviously like things to do with kids or things to do with, you know, health or, things to do with, um, you know, uh, like our, our views in religion and spirituality, like whatever it is, right? There's some really, really big things we could talk about. But we need to step back and like objectively ask, what is it that I'm actually feeling and thinking? You know, at the end of the day, like, what is, what is this really? It's not all these heated and, and um, inflamed kind of things I'm making it into. What is it that I'm really really worried about. And well, there's a towel on the floor. Okay. There's a towel on the floor. So what? That's fine. Okay. We may need to do a little more laundry. Okay. Well, it doesn't really seem like something to get upset about, does it? It's just a towel. And then um, kind of looking at their feelings, right? So this might be embarrassing for my wife, but um, I'm going to do it anyway. So on her end, if I'm thinking about, okay, so like my feelings are that way, you know, 
feel feel upset and anger and really at the end of the day it doesn't it's actually about something that's not even important on her end what is she feeling well um my wife uh, marie she you know she deals with uh attention deficit uh disorder kind of stuff uh pretty real for her very real for her um where she just like sets her towel down or she, i mean she does that with all sorts of things she doesn't even literally does not realize she's done it. Like it's impossible for her to even realize it. And I'm not saying she, you know, does that all the time or that she hasn't worked on those things and built better habits. She's much better than she once was with it. But she does, she doesn't even realize it happens. Like I have other things like that too. You know, I mean, um, I've dealt with perfectionism throughout my life and things and and I can I can uh, be critical of others or be inflexible um, on things or be uh, selfish in ways where I'm taking things too seriously or getting too hyper focused on details and I don't even realize I'm doing it right because it's just like how I think at least how I've thought I'm trying to change that right I'm trying to accept uh, God's will and God's peace and love and the atonement of Christ to change me so I may be a more a peaceful, balanced person, right? But that's something that I've struggled with throughout my life. And so same way for me that I'm kind of that way, you know, she's this way in another way, like same way that I am so orderly and neat. And that's just really the brain way my brain works. Like I, you know, for my day job, I do event specialist work, right? And I have this, I'm, I'm good with logistics on the back end because it's just the way my brain works. I see all the pieces. I know what needs to get done. I set the deadlines and the dates. You know, I see each step and I make sure that they all get completed on time, if not early and ahead of time, because it's just the way my brain works. But that can also make me really rigid on schedule and really rigid about um, certain expectations of how things should go and that they need to be done exactly a certain way. And I, uh, if things are left up to me, I literally eat the same thing for breakfast every single day. Fortunately, my wife has made things uh, a little more exciting and interesting in my life. But I am, I am just kind of anal like that, right? Like just to be real, right? That's like one of my weaknesses, but also a strength, right? Greatest strengths, greatest weaknesses. So do you kind of see what I'm, what I'm doing here? Like I'm, this is how I would process through this, hopefully, right? If I'm investigating my feelings, thinking through all these things, now I'm really gaining an understanding for my spouse. Like, oh man, you know what? Like I struggle with all these other things. Like I can relate to that because of these other things that I deal with or I feel like I can't change or, you know, not that I can't, but I feel like that, right? Um, this has been hard for me throughout my life. It's kind of just like the way my personality works, so we can really think through all those things and gain a deep love and an understanding for our spouse. Just observe the feelings, think about them, talk to God about them, get curious about why the other person feels the way they do, what they're feeling when we've argued, argued with them and, and um, fought with them, right? How does it feel for them? What is it that they're upset about? If we could put ourselves in their shoes, what is it that they're upset about? And then what is it that we're actually upset about? What is it uh, that we're, I think this is one of the biggest things, I've kind of been talking about this so long, we're going to need to move on. But one of the biggest things is that I need to assess my own guilt or shame, my negative feelings about something I've done. 
Right, that's so often involved, and when we get when we get angry, it's it's our fear of rejection. It's our fear that we've done something wrong. It's our fear that we haven't been responsible or accountable, or that we've made a foolish decision, and we're trying to mask it and cover it up. Okay, by blaming, by getting angry, by trying to control other people, by getting aggressive, it's because of the guilt in the background. So we need to step back and look at that. What am I feeling guilty about? What is it that I have done or have not done that I am feeling negatively about? And how can I own up to that? And that is the next step. That is to reconcile, right? S-I-R, stop, investigate, reconcile. So to reconcile, we need to first forgive our spouse, Okay, and that can be mentally inside of our head or actually on the outside um, explicitly saying that. And obviously, we need to say that explicitly at some point saying, hey, I totally understand you. I get you and, you know, and I get why you'd say such and such. Um, I get it from your perspective, right? But previous to that, often we need to reach that in our own heads for us to actually mean it, right? We need to reach it in our own, in our own head. And then we need to apologize. We need to apologize for our end, even if, okay, listen here, even if your end is 10% of the equation, you need to fully own your end of the argument of what you guys fought about and where your fault lies. And pretend that that 10% or however much percentage you see it as, whether that's accurate the way that you're seeing it or not, okay, because we all see things through our own perception. It's not accurate to reality. It's just the way we see it. But we need to pretend that that 10% is 100% and fully own it without excuse. Put down your rationalizations, put down your excuses, put down all your garbage about why you did this, and all the stuff that led to it and how, you know, it isn't fair that this happened because you were feeling vulnerable because of this or that. Or if your spouse just wouldn't have, you know, uh, commented on such and such or been so freaking sensitive and taken it so personally, then we wouldn't be here right now. Again, let it go. Put it down. Okay, I'm talking to myself here too. I'm talking to myself here because I've done this throughout my life. Okay, I'm trying, I'm, I've created this episode in part so I can learn these things too. So I get it. We need to fully own our end, fully own it, no matter how small, and apologize 100% for that without any kind of conditions or rationalizations, no conditions. Don't say, I'm so sorry, sorry I did such and such. That was only because blah, blah, blah. No, stop there. No, that's only because, okay? Or I'm so sorry I did such and such, but if you wouldn't have done, no, stop, stop. Just say, I'm so sorry I did this and that. I know it caused you to feel this way. Um, I apologize. That was my mistake. And and in conclusion, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do differently next time? What are you going to do from here to change? What are you both going to do? Hopefully, right? You can't determine things for your spouse, but maybe hopefully discuss that. Right, discuss that. What are we both going to do from here uh, in order to avoid conflicts like this in the future? What's the conclusion of our conflict? 
So you've, you've fully processed through all of this, right? S-I-R, stop, investigate, reconcile. You've gone over all of, uh, you, you've stopped, you've taken a step back, uh, either together or individually, you've separated, you've investigated your feelings and theirs, you get curious about it, hopefully you actually really have that discussion, hey, tell me about why you did such and such, what are your actual feelings on this, I want to understand, right, and really get curious about that, I know that's easier said than done sometimes, sometimes we're caught up, caught up in our own perspective, and we're just like, just be quiet, listen to me, because I'm right, right, but that's ego, Okay, this has nothing to do with right or wrong. That's ego when that steps in, when we can't step back and try to see things from another person's perspective. So, and then the last step is to reconcile. Forgive, apologize, and conclude what you both need to do from here and what you're going to do differently. And then since we've gone over SIR, the very last thing Okay, for the SIR acronym that I think is really, really important and what you may have already thought of at this point, what's the best way to use this acronym? What's the best way to use SIR when it comes to arguments and fights? Use it before your disagreement ever becomes an argument. Use it before the disagreement becomes an argument. Stop investigate together, and reconcile, right? This is how I'm feeling. This is how you're feeling. What's our conclusion? What are we going to do about this? I want to understand what it is that you're going through. And can you, can we, let, let's, let's reach some kind of consensus or understanding here so that we don't go into a space of conflict and argument, because I know we both don't like that. The ego likes that. Our egos love the conflict, even though we think they don't, right? It's intense. It's dramatic. Okay, our egos love that. They want to create conflict and arguments again and again and again, and it can actually get addictive to fight and argue because it is intense and dramatic. And the limbic system or the addict brain, the ego, the um, the dark side of our selves as human beings loves uh, just intensity, period. That's all it wants. It only wants intensity. doesn't care if that's joy. doesn't care if that is anger and sadness. It wants it to be intense. That is why we can become addicted to things like shame or anger, right? Or this victimhood mentality or villainizing other people. It is pleasurable in a way, or at least intense. Okay, so in order to take the intensity out of it, we need to start breaking arguments and fights before they happen, so that they don't become such an intense and overwhelming experience, where we feel all this shame and all this anger, and like we're a victim, and we're blaming the other person, and we fight all night, and we're furious at each other, and we threaten to divorce one another, and all that hurts. It sucks. It's terrible. And then afterwards, we're like, I'm never going to do this again. And how much the same is that as addiction? Does that sound familiar? Okay, so the best way to use sir, stop, investigate, reconcile, is to do it before the disagreement ever evolves. Stop, investigate each other's feelings, and reconcile. What are we going to do from here? 
How do we conclude? What action do we need to take so that we're both at least fairly satisfied and happy in our relationship? So I hope this episode's been helpful for you. Again, grab my free ebook, go to nomoredesire.com or go to the description below this podcast, go down to free ebook. I'll shoot it straight to your email. If you want to take on recovery from a serious place and you want to get clean and sober for good, join my coaching program. Go to nomoredesire.com slash coaching, or you can go to coaching program in the description below. I will work with you on personalized goals and plans. We, um, you will have daily check-ins that you fill out every single day. And when we come together on a weekly basis for coaching sessions, I won't ask you, so how are you doing? How are you feeling? I won't ask you that because I will be reading your daily check-ins. We will be um, working on things that are deep, real, in the trenches that you're facing on a daily basis in your life so that we can work on and overcome your particular issues and problems, whether that be things that you deal with uh, right mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally, whatever those things are, we're going to work on them together. And also, of course, in my coaching program, there is a full curriculum of written exercises and um, written lessons that you will study through um, as you work through the program and we go to coaching uh, sessions every single week together. So I'd love to have you in the program, nomoredesire.com slash coaching. Just set up a free consultation with me. I'd love to just meet with you and talk um, about the things you're going through to see if we can be a fit. Low pressure call. I'd love to meet with you um, and talk about the program and about your needs. Um, Yeah, I want people to get sober, man. I want you to be able to uh, experience your dreams and your joy that you want to get to. So... Leave a review as well. Um, If you like today's podcast, please leave a review. That helps the acronym so that uh, the acronym, the algorithm, excuse me, I said acronym so many times today that I forgot that word, the algorithm so that this, these episodes can reach more people, regardless of whether you're ever, uh, you ever buy anything from me or join my program. I want these episodes to help you out. So I want it to help as many people as possible, reach as many people as possible. So please do leave me a review, my friend. That's it for me today. I wish you the best in your recovery. I hope you have an awesome week. Uh, I hope you have fantastic holidays. If I don't catch you uh, before Christmas, which I probably won't, this should be the last episode before the Christmas holidays. God bless and much love, my friend. Everything expressed on the No More Desire podcast are the opinions of the host and participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of a qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.